Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Uh, it's the podcast where two creatives just starting out on their journey talk about the process of making it, uh, as well as having guests on to ask them if they've made it yet or not. My name is comedian, jo- okay, it's not comedian Josh Yang, but I am the comedian Josh Yang co-host. And I am the actor Lucas Ng, co-host number two co-host number two and we are back again for another mm-hmm. week of um asking each other hey lucas hey lucas have you made it yet we're getting right into it hey oh we're getting into it god damn um no first off but it's been like a really cool week though mind you mm-hmm. we recorded this on on a tuesday yeah and i don't want to sound braggy or anything but I've already had four auditions oh. this week. One of them being a callback that I just did like a few hours ago here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it's it's a blessing to be in the room anyways to audition. But mm-hmm. fingers crossed, I get one of them because Ooh. I could use the money. Oh, yeah. We could all we could all definitely use uh, money at this point. I'm... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's great news, man. And it's only Tuesday, so it's what it's just been like two each day in the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I like wake up in the uh, wake up at like eight, check my phone. I'm like, oh, here's another one I got to do. Oh my god, oh, it's another one. <laughs> um, but we'll see where it goes. All right, Mister Josh. Yeah. Yes. 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 Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. No. No, I've not. Um, just chugging along. Just chugging along. Uh, I actually probably gonna. I'm gonna start a new job in a couple of weeks, so that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I managed to get something there, even though it's you know last few months, last half year. <laughs> ugh, you know, with everything happening, it's nice to finally get a little bit of uh, stability in that area. Um, mm-hmm. And then now I'm seeing more sh- more shows uh, popping up here and there, so. I think I got to get back into the mindset of doing uh, live shows as well. So looking forward to that coming back, but um, enough about us. I mean, everybody knows, everybody (laughs) knows our story. We're here for our guest today's story. Now our guest today is part of the roster of fresh young Asian comedians uh, that I did a show with earlier in the year. Uh, the big show, the big fresh rice showcase out at uh, the Glenn Gould Studio Theater, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been uh, doing a lot of a lot of stuff during quarantine. Uh, since that show, from what I've seen, he's been hosting and and producing uh, a show of his own uh, before 
uh, quarantine, uh, nice. and then switching it to the Zoom format called the uh, Free Flow Showcase and Open Mic. So it was very, it was a very broad um, comedy, music, kind of poetry type of format, uh, mm-hmm. and he put that into the Zoom. Um, structure so it'll be interesting to uh pick his brain on that but he did that over uh the um i was gonna say break it's it's not really a break it was it was a forced suspension of our lives but um so he did that over that period and then exciting uh with the netflix submissions open submissions uh recently a few months ago he really hunkered down and wrote out um a pitch for the netflix submissions uh focused on Chinese Sunday or not Sunday Saturday schools yeah which is which is a big thing in in Chinese families like immigrant families around here that's that's a whole nother you know aspect of our lives um, that I think would be very interesting to see play out but all of those things is a busy guy and uh, so is, I'm very happy to welcome Anto the pun master Chan Woo! Hey, I made hey. It. yes Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. This is uh, so wonderful to see your wonderful faces and uh, just the hype that went into, uh, you know, coming on today has just been like, I've felt it all day and now I'm just wow. like, let's do, yeah. this. let's do this, you know? So yeah, pump, I'm excited. Pump it up, pump it up, man. Um, nap after this. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> gotta get it. Yeah, I gotta get that full eight hours in. Um, <laughs> For sure, but yeah, no man. Thank you for uh, coming on board. It's mm-hmm. it's been a while. I don't think I've I, well, I definitely haven't seen you since uh, since everything got shut down because we're all in our little glass cases of emotion. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, off the top, we got to ask you that question. You know, have you made it yet? Yes, I've made it. Got nice. it. Made it. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, I just felt like I needed to balance out um, your answers. That's really why I said that. I don't know oh. if uh, it's fully true, if I'll feel the same tomorrow. Uh, but today, I feel like I've made it. And every day is different. I'm not going to lie. As an artist, um, like, I guess there's milestones in our, lot, in our careers where we're like, wow, we, I think I made it now or whatever. But like, personally, I've had such a long career already that there's been so many moments where I'm like, wow, what the fuck am I doing? And then also, <laughs> I've made it, you know, like I've filled both. So um, today, I feel like I've made it uh, to balance out to like what's going on uh, with your lives, but also just like, I think the idea of what you, like just hearing what you were just speaking on and like uh, what my life has looked like in the last like couple months, I've just been <laughs> so grateful, I guess. And uh, as you could tell by my type of show, I'm a very, um, what's the word? Uh, manifesting type person you know it's very like oh i'm gonna drink tea and i'm gonna let like life guide me yeah that kind of vibe so my show is called free flow um and the people that i uh, connect to for that show are very much in that type of mindset um so for me it's like all about like growth it's all about figuring out how to be able to like um continue being a better person you know and how Mm -hmm. i can uh, contribute to the communities that i'm a part of shit like that Mm so for me it's just been good I, i i the idea of making it um, yeah. has consistently changed. I, I, I know that you were mentioning that earlier. Um, so yeah, for me, like I've been doing this 13 years. So Damn. I started uh, stand-up comedy in 2007. Um, and that story is a little long, but basically uh, my grandfather, my gong gong, um, he passed away. And then uh, I had 13 cousins, um, five aunts, 
my grandmother uh, and all the patrons that came to like his restaurant, nobody wanted to say anything for the funeral. Mm. Um, so I ended up deciding that like, you know, if nobody's going to say anything, somebody has to say something. This man like was like all of our heroes. Like we all love them so much. So, uh, and then I ended up uh, doing the eulogy there. Um, and then after the eulogy, uh, I finished and I was like crying. My mom like stopped <laughs> while I was like getting off the stage. I was like, oh man, I killed it. I did such a good speech and everybody was like, yeah, <laughs> my mom like stood up and she's like, Mom, which means like, don't forget to do it in Cantonese too. And I had to like <laughs> go back on stage and like do it again to like do it to honor my, you know, and then after that, I was like, man, that was so crazy. My aunt yeah. comes up to me and she's like, that was such a beautiful speech. And it's so nice you tried to speak in Cantonese. It was like such a, like a, such a burn, you know? So, and then after that, a month later, I did, a, I did my first Yuck Yuck set after that. So I was like, nice. man, if I can speak emotionally in front of my family and that kind of shit, like I could do this, you know? So I dreamed of doing comedy for a couple of years before that. And my grandfather um, had basically gifted me this, you know, then. So yeah, 13 nice. years ago. So for me, it's like, there's been so many highs, so many lows. Um, I've just been all over the place. So it's like some days I feel like I've made it, but like all the things I've said no to have kind of led me to where I'm at now. So it's like, I mean, that's to me is like making it to a certain extent. And, um, that is like a fluctuating thing though. That's like asking somebody, uh, do you find your body beautiful? And it's like, yo, that's like ever changing every day. <laughs> like I'm always, you know, so making it is like, it depends if you're taking it in from other people's perspective. And like, if they looked at your career and was like, wow, you you've had a great career. Or is it like something more of like a personal fulfillment thing? So uh, philosophically, I feel like um, uh, I'm leaning more towards, yeah, I've made it compared to like not. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great answer. Like in terms <laughs> of, you know, how we approach it, like I, I, I do agree wholeheartedly it is feels like a day-to-day -day thing like you could get a big high you feel like you've made it you've done a great show you you've hit a milestone and that making it feels like it's lasted 72 hours and then you realize oh shit there's something else i kind of want more now mm -hmm. or, or it's like up oh, that goal post keeps on moving so you know i mean like that's kind of what we what we want to talk about and and like dive into because i feel like everybody who thinks about the you know this process it, from the outside point of view maybe as an audience member it's like oh you could subjectively or objectively just say it's like oh well that person has an oscar oh well that person did a netflix special it's like oh they've made it that's that's what that means but really it isn't it's like everybody has their own you know way of measuring what that means to please them please say journey please say journey everybody has their own journey yeah oh, okay that's how oh. you know you're a toronto artist is like you say the word journey at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've okay for the for like this entire time I've uh -huh. we've had guests. I've been trying really hard to change up my like add some synonyms to my descriptions. It's like share their experience, share yeah. their journey, <laughs> share their path, their road to. Yeah, it's like, yeah. At a certain point, it does get pretty cliche. But I mean, like uh -huh. if you're looking at it from the outside, like sure, it seems odd. But if you're on the inside, it's like it is a fucking. It's okay. It's not necessarily a journey because a journey sounds nice it's more of like a grueling uh torture a little bit because it's like yeah you get some goods but you get some bads and it's like it's not just a <clears throat> nice little journey you can go on no mm -hmm. yeah we, we like it to a process philadelphia 76ers process oh, mm -hmm. oh definitely is, not that process no. that process is <laughs> yeah 
I don't know if we want to get into basketball right now, but that's that has been a huge, huge uh, disappointment of a like a process. Uh, if if ever there was a PR marketing campaign was which was like, yeah, we can call it trust the process, right? That's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna blow up in our faces, right? It's like nobody in Philadelphia is gonna trust the pro trust the process anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a painful one for sure. But um, just to highlight, like talking about what you were just speaking on like the idea of like our journey or like our own personal experience or you know all of those supposed cliche things it's like if you speak to any of the people who are in showbiz that are like that possibly have won many of those awards Mm -hmm. why do you think they keep working it's because even in their minds like they need to continue because that's their life their life right and for Mm -hmm. me like when i first started comedy when I did it in the beginning, I just knew I was going to do it for the rest of my life in, wow. in whatever version of it. Like it's consistently changed for me. Like, um, you know, the idea of my free flow show is perfect for me because I host the show, but I also do stand up on it. I also do poetry on it. I tell stories for my week on it. Um, just basic, like overall, just shit talking, you know, and just being able to have that type of like openness. That's what I love about it. Right. And, and stand up is actually evolving and changing with that type of mindset where when people are doing stand-up, it's not always as formulaic and um, set up punchline or even like short, short, short story. And sometimes people are telling like huge stories, but then the payoff at the end is so big that it's worth telling the entire story. And if you get a longer set and you're so comfortable with like the in-between and the weird like anecdotes and the specifics of your life, and then you have these big punchlines, that's still stand-up stand up in that way so it's evolving with our like dialogue it's evolving with like our our the way in which we're like speaking to each other connecting to each other so uh, for me i'm just like growing with it and i just like love stand up for that reason um that it meet it, it is an evolving art form you know so it's like even if right. we talk to people who have made it in stand-up comedy especially in canadian comedy it's like they made it sure but they're also doing shows where they're like I have not made it, you know, like it'll always balance out to a certain extent. Like no one in Canada um, doing comedy feels, I would say like, wow, I've like made it. And I'm like so successful in that way. It's like, you're still hustling um, to a certain extent. And that's part of what we signed up for, you know, as a comedian, as an artist, like even uh, Lucas, you were mentioning how you just did like four auditions this week. Like, even if you get cast in a part, it's like, to a certain extent, you're still going to yeah. need to do auditions. You still need yeah. to go and do this, you know? So it's just uh-huh. part of the process and in that way. And uh, this is another, I think that we need to take back trusting the process because yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with what their process was. This is our process, I would say. Uh, yeah, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons ruined the terms of process mm, for us. For sure. Oh, they ruined it. Yeah. Not to get too into basketball, but some, um, there was, uh, I was listening to this podcast and, uh, this lady named Katie something, uh, she's like all about the Raptors stuff, but she was listing all of the players that the, the, the 76ers would have if they didn't trade away anybody. And the team was like stacked, like, and they just let go so many people, including Jimmy Butler and like all these other people. So, oh I mean, it's just crazy. Like that's one of the things um, that I, I know this, uh, to, this might sound weird to get philosophical and metaphorical about a Philadelphia 76ers team, but it's like a lot of times you got to like, just appreciate what you have. Like they're just trying so hard to like make everything perfect in that way. And it's like, I would say that for anybody's career, it's like, we're like, sometimes you're trying so hard and you're not able to see such like beautiful. And and, and, uh, that was something that I did with my friends too. Like some of my best friends I felt before it was like, I was always like pushing to hustle and like achieve these career things. But like, 
the the amount of time and energy that I've been taking recently to like give appreciation to my family and my friends, it's like <laughs> that's empowered me actually to make my career and go for things better in my life. So I mean, like, there's so many things that are presented to us that we're um, if we're able to like grab onto it, then we're it, may, it just makes our life better, you know. And it's not yeah. as like fearful, I would say, if you're going into like the idea of like, okay, I need to like make it and I need to make this career work. It's like a prove <laughs> to everybody. It's like, that's so much fucking pressure. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's such this intense, like, which is why I love what you guys are doing. Cause there's like this, you guys really do talk about like the work and like the idea of it and like kind of like checking in with yourself and just kind of like giving like uh, care in that way. And I think that that's like <laughs> what it's all about. You just got to keep checking in with yourself. No, no, it's, it's true. Like I recently started therapy and everything like that. And I think one of the major things that at least creatives have to grapple with is the spiraling mind. It could mm. be a great thing. It could also be a terrible thing in terms of how fast our thoughts actually go and how mm. fast we can actually spiral out if we don't keep control. Um, I just want to talk a bit about your, your material, Anto. Like, mm. your, your set was incredible at the uh, CBC uh, showcase that we saw Thank the you. last time I saw you. It was really good. Um, you said your first set was after your eulogy at Yuck Yucks, right? Mm. How has your material changed and how has your setups changed since that seven years ago until now? In 13 years, how much has it changed? Yeah. Uh, my first set was basically being like, look at my Asian face. Isn't <laughs> Asian crazy? You guys have no idea because it's almost all white people. Hey, look, there's an Asian person. We're both Asian isn't being Asian weird. Like that's like how <laughs> fucked up. It was literally right after Russell Peters, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It big. And it was like, all my material was like that. Um, I'll tell you a really quick story that was really fucked up. So I've been doing comedy in um, Ottawa for about three years at this point. I was one of like two or three non white comedians that were doing a lot of work at absolute and that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I had, been asked to do an opening for a weekend and it was the first time I'd done it. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm finally opening on the weekend. I'm like hitting that next stride. This is great. <laughs> it was like probably the third show or something like that. I was on stage and in the middle of my set, um, I go, so I'm Chinese because I have so much other Asian material, but I have this specific of like, so I'm Chinese <laughs> and the audience started laughing so hard to the point that I couldn't even continue my set. And as I was trying to fight, talk over that, they started an applause break of me saying, so I'm Chinese. It was just like mind blowing. And then so at that moment, I was like, okay, what do I do? But because I was such a fucking sellout at that point that I just powered through and did the rest of my super racially charged uh, set and then um, obviously it did really well because I had just got an applause break in the middle of it and like I got <laughs> off stage and I was like my soul just exited my body like I was like <laughs> literally I felt like I was in um, you know the, the the Christmas story when you know, they're like looking oh, down on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah Scrooge is like looking at his life that's what I was at that moment it was like is this what you want to be like it's not about greed but it's about like greed of like I was basically yeah. selling out my people like to, to get like this minor amount of success. That's what it felt like at that moment. Uh -huh. So, um, uh, yeah. And then, so for me, I just like, after my set, somebody came up to me and was like, Oh my God, like you killed so hard. Like I've never seen like an opener, like <laughs> kill so badly or whatever. And then I was just like, Oh great. And I was just like, so I felt like so like 
glossed or glazed over whatever uh, that is you're just like my eyes were just like reflective and i was just like a zombie of like what the fuck just happened you know and so for me it's like you know there's certain like and compared to now when i do material that is about race and when i do material about that stuff it's stuff that has to happen to me it has to be like a personal thing okay, it has okay. to be like uh, an emotional reaction of it stand up for me um what's changed is because i when i started doing poetry it added the element of emotion it added the element of mm. personal um storytelling it added an element of like growth inside of it and then so when i went back and i started doing a lot more stand up um i added both of those elements into my stand up as well and like there is an emotional connection to it reactions mm-hmm. inside of it like so that's kind of like how i it's evolved you know there there is a lot more layers to what it is that i'm doing yeah. um and but i'm not opposed to the idea of doing jokes about race um it just <laughs> is how you're going about it and if it's about you instead of uh throwing other people under the bus you know what i mean like uh-huh. it's how like somebody of uh a chi- like my background of being chinese like gets affected by certain situations like what is it like when a stranger comes up and starts like touching my beard and then i'm like why is this person touching stranger i've never met touching my beard and then i ask them and they're like oh i've just never seen it connects like that on an asian person like and i'm like yeah. what the fuck like That's but it like shit happened <laughs> yeah yeah that actually happened right so it's just weird shit like this uh odd strangers touch my hair all the time so just things that like actually happen to me but like the base of it is like because you're asian and this is happening that to me is still valid to speak about in my life because mm-hmm. i want to be able to highlight how fucked up that is and that's not something that's okay to do and that mm-hmm. also can be reflective on society of like you know uh, for other people it's like i know that um black women really don't like it when you just walk up and start touching their hair either so for me it's like <laughs> an interesting dynamic to like talk about that process and then kind of like what my experience is like in that way and then also highlight the time that a black woman actually touched my hair and how I could like that dynamic was interesting yeah. you know so it's just like for me it's the layers of it and that's where the humor comes from because it's like i remember doing um uh an a joke before where i would be like oh it's so crazy um and then do like multi- basically compare multiple races uh mm-hmm. with like me dating interracially right mm-hmm. and then i made a joke about like um dating us like um black girls and then white girls and then um uh, uh indigenous women and stuff like that all three in the same joke and mm-hmm. then i did the joke and then somebody did a joke very similar to it and i asked he only changed from indigenous women to like indian women like a uh, um born in india kind of thing and but it was like almost multiple lines were almost exactly the same and then mm-hmm. i went up to him and i was like hey like why are you just stealing my joke and he's like well it's kind of like a universal idea and it's like we could just both do the joke and at that moment i felt like i was at a crossroads it was like mm-hmm. do i just keep doing the joke or do i just fucking like take a step back and just start writing other things and that's exactly what i did i was like if he needs that joke so badly that he won't be isn't willing to let it go mm-hmm. i need to be better than this you know and i needed to like actually take the steps to just write more material that's more about me that nobody else can steal and if somebody yeah. steals a joke from me now I'll just leave it like if that happens again I'm I'm fine with that if they need that that's a gift like I I've been in enough writing rooms and and um you know spun ideas enough um that it's okay like if that happens it's not um like super common or anything but it's like right. if that's something that happens it's like it's part of it seems like it's part of it you know it's like it's just forcing you to evolve to grow yeah Yeah, and that's I think that's definitely the biggest um struggle and like refinement that a lot of comedians from from especially when like you're just starting out we're just starting out 
that it's it's like finding that specificity and um, style that is so uniquely yours and your perspective is so uniquely yours that it's so hard. Like you can't copy it because then it just doesn't make sense if somebody else did it, right? Yo, like, it'll change like multiple times like yeah. your career, bro. Like you're what you're doing now, but like you, it's going to change. And then you're going to start not, you're not going to notice it fully change, I would say. But it like at some point you're going to start watching them and being like, shit, like this is better. Like this is definitely better. Like you, you can't first start and be like, I'm me, unless you're like in your 40s or 50s. That's the right. only time I've seen it where someone is just so them already and then they just figure out the stage stuff, but like they just mm-hmm. are so them. But like if you're still in your 20s or early 30s, like you're still like figuring yourself out to a certain extent. You're still like treading water for like half of most of your life. And now you're like, okay, I need to like put my feet down and be like, this is me or whatever. So um, just like keep, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to change. Like after I did the, like I was all doing Asian material, I moved to Toronto and that's why you called me like the pun fu masters because like I only did puns at one point. I literally had an eight to 10 minute set that every single joke was a pun or it was a story that led to the result of it as a pun. Um, And then just to fuck with people being like, Oh, he's telling a funny story now. And it's, and then at the end of it, it's like still a pun. And then they're just like, Ah! Like, I was just like, honestly, it was my rebellion of, of, against the idea of being forced to do Asian material to the point where people didn't think of me just as that Asian person. Now mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you're the pun guy. And it's also because I was like, rebelling against that. And now it's literally like, I don't even I would say when I first started, I was like, eight, nine years ago when I was only doing puns, but still people are like, oh, you're the, pun, you're the pun guy from that time, you know? So it's also a huge practical joke for me as well yeah. in my life. It's like <laughs> forever, it's going to follow me around and it's hilarious to me. I'm yeah. like, that's so funny. Like sometimes I'll do sets and they'll be like, hey, give it up for the pun guy. Who? And then everybody after my set, they'll be like, you didn't do any puns. And I was just like, I never told you to introduce this. <laughs> like I want to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm not, yeah. So yeah. It's such an interesting um idea of like but we evolve with our material we like have to keep growing and um obviously i still do some race material i still do some puns in my stuff like wordplay is such a big part of my life like just every day you know Mm. like when i'm hanging out with my friends and stuff like that's how i joke all the time so it's like (laughs) it's just part of it so it's just like finding the a lot of times though when we're first starting because we have such shortened amount of time it's like okay i'm gonna cut out all of the things that I'm uncertain of and I'm just going to be one thing really specifically and then you just hammer in that like one thing, you know? And I I don't think that it would be that different in acting, right? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not known as like a, a, a cute like blonde or something. I guess I'll just try to go for all the cute blonde roles, you know? And then like, later on you're constantly evolving and you know, you're like, I don't want to dye my hair anymore to be a blonde. Maybe I need to evolve into other things. So, it's hypothetical, though. I've never been a blonde. Yeah. I don't, I'm just like, no attack on blondes either. Just like, yo, hey. if if you went blonde, you'd have to use so much hair product. Because <laughs> yeah. your hair, like, I don't know if the, well, the listeners obviously can't listen to how long your hair is. But, like, yeah, the no. viewers can see it's kind no, of in a bun, but let it out. Oh, yeah. god damn. It's some <laughs> long stuff. Yo, if honestly, if anybody needed somebody to be like a, an extra in like a Ming Dynasty, you know, <laughs> series, like you got no wig necessary. No yeah, wig no necessary. wig necessary. Yeah, for sure. For What's sure. holding it? A chopstick. Oh no way. Yeah, 
Yo, you want my quick tutorial video? Okay, so what you do is you take your hair, you okay. put it down like this. Yeah. From the listeners, right? he's getting a tutorial. The hair, yeah. And you take it and then you put it under, under uh -huh. the hair, uh -huh. and then you spin the chopstick, and then you tie the hair from your hand around it, and yeah. you tuck it in. Oh. Nice. I'm, uh, yo, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't cut my hair really since, uh, since March. So a couple more years and I'll, yeah. be, I'll, be, I'll be just like, <laughs> join the party. Join the long beer, flowing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I tried growing one for like two, two, maybe three months, but then at a certain point, like it didn't connect. So I'm oh. not that, I'm not that Asian. So, um, <laughs> so like I had to shave it cause it was getting a little, little disgusting, but I feel like I've definitely made some progress in the cheek area. There's a little yeah, bit more, yeah. more stubble there, but, um, well, you know how you connect this is you have to like, um, take a dull razor and shave when there's nothing there. And then you have to like, take like, um, the like alcohol and just like put it on it and then it burns it and then huh. it like comes out. So it's like what it just burns the surface skin, so the all, the hair follicles. I don't know the skin. science of it, bro. I just know that my dad like Wait, is this like Chinese? Like I just did it. Is this is this is this like Chinese medicine type of uh like um response? Why are you why are you skeptical of Chinese medicine? Chinese medicine is so powerful. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, are you crazy, man? You hey, crazy? hey, hey! I have no. <laughs> Don't you know when you're gonna have a baby that you're supposed to drink this specific item that like my mom will brew for you? <laughs> uh -huh. All I know is like I've got a ton of watermelons growing in my stomach because of all the seeds I've swallowed. But oh, um, yes. yeah, but other than that, my eyes um, are better because of carrots, like for sure. Oh shit! Mm, mm, These are all things my mom has told me for definitely. Apparently, you know, I don't know. If this is a secret, but hot water cures everything. Mm. And all you I do love is drink hot water it. now, though. Yeah, all you got to mm -hmm. do is drink hot water and all is cured. Um, also, the idea of hot water is because it makes it so that um, it, like, doesn't it balance out your temperature? Isn't that something that, like... I would imagine so, just in terms of your internal body heat and, like, the digestion process. Like, you, uh -huh. like anything cold you put down there, like, your body is going to need to warm it up before, yeah, yeah. I assume. Like, it's but, like, gonna... that's, like, prioritizing my stomach and, like, the digestion above my face and, like... This is the money maker. So it's mm. like, you know, mm. you can't prioritize that. You're like, this is the first, this is second priority, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But um, yeah, to, to touch on what you said, it's like, <laughs> yeah, everybody like grows, you know, over time, like your comedy career as your hair grows. So does your comedy <laughs> career grow. It's like, oh, how do you like that segue? That was a great segue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but basically, like when, when it comes to that, like you also never know when you make it what point in your career it is because sometimes it could be early sometimes it's later like you just never know louis ck you know he's been he did it for like 15 20 years before he got anywhere gene hackman wasn't huge until he was like in his 40s and then he became mm. a like a generational kind of actor mm -hmm. so it is tough it's like you know making it you like you never know at what point is your time that your talent and like your the society and the social like you know industry has caught up to kind of what you have to bring so yeah like well, you're right there if, if you're speaking about industry for me it's like consistently seeing how terribly they treat people in the industry and like what it is that they're receiving for being famous as well like mm. fame was something that i seeked from when i was like a really young kid i was like mm. i'm gonna be famous one day and like that's all i would think about and then like 
random situations that make it so that your notoriety would go up. Mm -hmm. And then is it the best thing for your life? Does it work for you? Like for me, I've had situations that like, like, I don't know if I've ever told you, but like, I actually did like, um, like a, it was like a teaser type thing, but for the food network. And I was possibly going to have like a, an actual like show on the food network. If the pitch went through, they liked the first, um, like teaser thing. So we recorded a second, like it was kind of like a half pilot or whatever. And yeah. like the contract that they were giving to me was just, not okay like my my lawyer was like yo that's not cool but it's like but this is my chance like that's what i kept thinking in my way and so like mm -hmm. you guys are talking about the idea of making it it's like if i only had making it as my mindset then that's a contract that i'm going to sign but if it's the best thing for me and my career as a whole and really being willing to play the long game and know mm -hmm. that i'm going to be involved with like media and like you know stand up and these types of things forever like I can't see myself ever not like pursuing this at least on a casual to like, you know, 25% level, like even if it's just for my own fun, you know? So mm -hmm. that to me is like kind of the way I look at it. It's like, we have these moments in our lives and it's like, are you willing to sell your soul for this success? Yeah. And the funniest is when you are, so I used to actually do an accent in uh, my, my act, but the right. accent was so bad that someone was like, yo, that like sounds like a, um, a West Indian accent. It was, it was just really bad. And then I was like, oh my God, that's so terrible that I was willing to sell out my people and I did it terribly. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> just two, two L's. And I was just like, oh God, I can't do that type of shit. Yeah. And it's just been moments like that that just like tell you, yo, like smarten the fuck up, be better. Like, and you just have to listen to that. Like there's so many moments where you are, and, and, I, and I wouldn't lie and say that I've never done things where I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done this and it feels bad in mm -hmm. that way. Like sometimes you do shit and you're like, oh, this was just a terrible show. I shouldn't have like mm -hmm. done this or, or made this choice or whatever. And you learn from it, right? So it is like a, a cha really challenging business to like maneuver inside of, but like that's why mm -hmm. I've continuously like created my own platforms. Um, even just talking about free flow and stuff, like the idea of free flow was all about like me and my friend, um, we just wanted people to have a space where they're able to like really open themselves up and like feel like art is something they could lean on and that they mm -hmm. can feel like part of a community because of that. And whatever platform or style that you're like wanting to create in, we mm -hmm. want to be able to like highlight it and let everybody know about it. And like, we want to like big you up. We want our community to feel like it's like we're a bunch of hype people and just coming together every Saturday, just like giving love to each other in that way, you know? And um, mm -hmm. obviously with Black Lives Matter and like the movement that happened, like, um, we ended up um, focusing a lot of like so on social justice and things like that in the show, which awesome. was really challenging for us. But at the same time, like we needed to do it during that time. Right. So mm -hmm. there was just so many layers of running a show at that, at this point. And mm -hmm. I'm just like really grateful that I was able to like uh, have that. And yeah. I honestly always saw the open mic as like open mics are so powerful. Like they're even beyond like, cause you don't know what's going to happen. Like right. it's just, and for me, an online open mic was just even a next level of it. But so many times we'd have artists that were just so next level. Like we had people who did the open mic, but they were like from other countries as well too. We had this one trombone player. Uh, I think his name was Frank or something from, uh, from um, the U S and like he, yeah. he'd write, he'd come in after work and during the open mic, he'd play like, you know, three, four songs for us and stuff. And just like these moments that you're just like, this is never going to happen again, you know? And <laughs> when you create a platform that um, 
like grows with you and you connect to, then this industry that you're speaking of, it doesn't even exist to a certain extent. Like mm. if you, it's like the effort and the time that I'm putting into making my show better. I'm getting results from it. I'm learning from it. I'm growing inside yeah. of it. I'm enjoying it. You know, is this making it like, during this like the way that people talk to me it's as if i've made it like you know the people in that community talk to me as if i'm like incredible and like you know the, so for me like that's the type of people that i'm really excited about working with and growing with because it's like if you're focused on like just begging people who have money to like what you're doing none of them really love it they just like it uh -huh. so they can commercialize it and sell it then that's right. also a choice if that's what you're wanting to do and that's like the focus big like big ups on you you know like that's really mm -hmm. powerful because you also have to be so strong within yourself to be able to do that you know and yeah you got to make a living doing it as well right so True. it just depends on you everybody has their balance and for me that's one of the reasons why i, I um you know i am i do work during the day as well too is because i don't want to ever feel like um my only source of income is mm -hmm. um, my art because art has just helped me grow so much in other ways it's like i'm still willing to work yeah. um, as an artist uh, I'm as a, as like an actual, like I work with ch children, like, uh, um, as a childcare worker. So it's like, uh, as a caregiver. So for me, it's like, I'm so down to still work in that and still like, um, make money doing that so that when I think about art, I'm not like pressured into like, yeah. gotta, gotta succeed, you know, like, yeah. Speaking, speaking of which, like, um, in terms of like focusing really on the art you want to put out there. Um, I do know, like I mentioned at the top as well, I, I know um, you submitted something to yeah. for, the, for the Netflix mm -hmm. open submission. And like, yeah, like I remember seeing on social media or like on Facebook, you talking about it a bit as well. And like the, the, the focus you had on Saturday school um, and like that, how that was actually, you know, quite a important thing, experience that a lot of uh, immigrant families go to, especially like from a Chinese perspective, like we know there's a whole structure and system put in place by families, uh, on that area. But like, Kia, can you speak about kind of that process for you yeah. and like how that was to get down to like writing that submission sure. pilot and, and stuff like that? So it all started. So I don't know if you guys know the word serendipity. So serendipity is like my favorite word. It like guides me in art like crazy, right? So serendipity, the definition is um, uh, the aptitude for making desirable discoveries by accident. So that's exactly how I ended up starting writing this. So I was on Facebook and I randomly clicked maybe going to this workshop that somebody, I, somebody had posted. I randomly get a personal Facebook message from someone um, named Daniela and uh, Sayoni. So she runs this thing called Mondo Workshops and she messaged me and she's like, hey, um, I saw that you might want to come to my workshop. I just wanted to let you know that like, uh, this is the dates that it's happening. If you're interested in it, I would love for you to, and I was like, this was around like before COVID and that kind of stuff. And I did not have CERB and that kind of shit. I'm like, I can't afford to drop $300 on like a workshop about no. something that I'm not even like, it was about uh, writing comedy um, um, movies and stuff. Right. So I was Ooh. like, I don't have the money for that. I'm interested in it, but like not to the point of like a, a third of my rent uh, liking it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so um, I messaged her and I was like, yeah, like I, I really appreciate that. This is great. So then she ends up messaging back me like, hey, well, I need somebody to help me um, move the projector from my house to the place that I'm doing this. Would you do that on the first and the last day? And then you could come to do to the thing for free. I would like to offer this to you because I've seen you do uh, storytelling before. And I think that you have such a great like 
um, eye for like great stories that you would really benefit from my, my workshop. So she let me do it for free. So I got like this $350 workshop thing for free. Then she had another workshop online that was all about pitching and learning how to like create a mm. Bible and like um, building like the comedy movies things. In that, that's when I ended up coming up with the concept. I had to come up with 10 ideas for it. And then so I ended up deciding to do um, this specific one about uh, the Chinese culture because when I spoke about it, everybody was like so excited about it. And they also, anybody who went to Saturday school or um, had challenges with like connecting to their own personal um, cultures, they were interested in as well too. All of these immigrant families were interested in because the idea of it is like um, the main character, his name is David. And um, his grandmother passes away, which is based on my grandmother passing away last August, which was super hard on my family, right? And so it, me being able to write about that, this was really cathartic. And mm-hmm. so the, the grandmother in the show, uh, Saturday School, um, she actually was the head um, Cantonese teacher. Um, and um, she wasn't the principal of it. There's a principal, but she was the head teacher who had created a lot of the curriculum. And then when she passed away, um, somehow David ends up, having to cover for her in the classroom. Mm. But the problem is that David actually doesn't read or write in, in Chinese. He can only barely speak it in, in Cantonese. And he's kind of <laughs> like, so the whole thing is about him, like kind of tricking people into thinking that he can speak it <laughs> and do it really well. But like, so he's like kind of scattering all over the place or whatever. Yeah. So his character, he's actually um, like an artiste. Like he does like really weird um performance performative art forms so one of the ideas that we brainstormed was like um he took like 10 different types of cheese and he like put them in a really hot room and then he like went and he like basically like molded with them you know like he like was in the room for like 10 days like and that was like oh my god just like this ridiculous concept and people would come and visit and like smell the room and like there's like a person in there with like cheese like dripping off of him and stuff in this really hot room it's just like a really random idea that we came up with but like the reason why we did that is because stand-up obviously is like more well um, appreciated now compared to before. But when mm-hmm. I first started doing stand-up and when I first started doing art uh, in general, it, it, they looked at me as if I was doing ridiculous, like as if I was doing this cheese thing. That's like what I mm-hmm. felt like to a certain extent. So the main character is uh, based a lot on like kind of my experiences in it. Um, the, the way in which people talk to me a lot of times, they call me joksing, which means like uh, mm-hmm. kind of like um, it's like Canadian born um, uh, like or the foreign born Chinese kind of person. Um, I don't know the exact uh, direct translation, but yeah. So I felt like that quite a lot. And then to feel that way, but also then be put in like a very structured place as Saturday school. So Saturday school, if you don't know, it was based on like the way that they actually taught Chinese in, um, they taught in Hong Kong and stuff. So everything was very structured. And then there was like first, second and third place. If you didn't get like top three, like your parents would like freak out and stuff like that. And they'd be pissed off about it. And like, just like a very like layered experience with like speaking Chinese. Right. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I wanted to like, so last year I started um, uh, reconnecting to my actual enjoyment of Chinese because I started um, just this podcast um, called Canto Pop. We haven't done any um, recently, but it was a Chinglish, uh, English and, and Cantonese podcast. Oh. And it was, it made me reconnect to the idea of like having fun inside of it and not being so hard on myself when I would speak in Chinese. And like the idea of that is so beautiful because I want people who are speaking Cantonese or Mandarin or Chinese or other languages to be able to throw in English in the parts that they know and then still be able to speak mostly their language and then Mm. switch where when you're Mm. speaking English, you could throw in a lot more of like the English words that you might forget when you're speaking in Chinese 
what that does is that it boosts your confidence and it actually makes it so that you're more open to being like, Oh, I didn't know this word. Can you help me with this? Or when someone's really trying, it builds this bond with the person who's like listening to it. Whereas like I had uh, actually one of the people who are working on, on uh, the show with me. Um, Mm -hmm. she said that she traveled to Greece and then, um, she went there and then she came home and then she wasn't able to like share that experience with her family because like she didn't speak the language that well, you know? And like Mm. that to me is like really painful. It's like, imagine that idea of like going and connecting to your roots and feeling so excited. And then the people that you want to share it with your own family, they just have this huge disconnect from you because of the language. So the -hmm. show is really about like the celebration of your culture as well as your language and just being able to have that like, um, the beauty inside of it, but also like the, the trials and tribulations that we went through, like the trauma that like we, many of us hold as like second generations, like yeah. not feeling good enough for this. And then going yeah. to like regular, like, you know, English language school and feeling like you're not good enough there either. You know, like Perfect. that in between of that is like um, going to be consistently explored inside of that. Like no matter how cool you are in Chinese school, you go to regular school, no one gives a fuck, you know? And like, <laughs> it's like, to me, it's like this interesting idea. Like I was so cool in Chinese school, but like I went to school and like, I was like yeah. a nobody, you know? And it's like, it, made, it like really hurt me in that way. And so it's just, um, for me, I love the show. Um, and the, the process that I've been able to have, I've connected to a lot of other Chinese people as well as we have a couple people on, um, on our writing team that aren't, um, Chinese as well. So mm-hmm. I find that's pretty cool because there's a secret between you guys and me, but, um, after the first season, we actually want to branch out Saturday school into like other cultures mm-hmm. and languages. So the first season's all about the Chinese uh, family and the culture and like their Chinese school, but Saturday school, the second season, we obviously will intertwine a little bit, but it's going to. Yeah we're looking at it as like from another um, yeah. culture. Ooh, yeah. Nice. That would be, that'd be exciting. I, I really do like the, the concept because I feel like it's something I've, I've never seen before. Um, it's, I think it's definitely an important aspect of the growing up process as well. If you're from like a, a multilingual, lingual, <laughs> multilingual uh, family. Cause you like, you mm-hmm. want the family wants you to keep a bit of that root, like mm-hmm. the roots, even though like as a kid growing up in Canada, like you're, you're, you want to fit in more than you want to stand out. So like, it, it is important, like to kind of have that perspective because then more people will be able to see more kids will maybe be able to see that that is like a part of like fitting in as well. Like everybody mm-hmm. who's like a, uh, from a first generation immigrant family has that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but um, yeah, looking forward to um, seeing how that that pans out and and like seeing that further develop in the future yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. seeing that come out. Um, I think we should head into our little end of podcast ten word words association thing. So, all right, uh, all, right all right, cool, all right. So, Anto, the free flowing pun fu master, just empty your mind. Okay. Of uh, <laughs> of, of everything. And uh, I'll go into my 10 words. And then, Lucas, you could uh, finish off with uh, your 10. Sounds good. All right. Great. Okay. So, mind is clear. Now, Anto, whatever comes to your mind, the first word, the first thought, first idea. um, Short answer (laughs) uh, to the first uh, thing that comes to your mind. And then I'll go with the 10 words off the top. And uh, all right, let's do this. So, first word, family. Building. Pineapple. Eating. Rain. Painful. Alone. 
lonely <laughs> motivation uh, experiential kumquat mm. come squat <laughs> <laughs> mountain steps tight rope balance satisfied yeah <laughs> yeah and finally ending mm. mm -hmm. mm. all right all right okay I felt. you know it's like you know like um can i explain that last one yeah yeah yeah, yeah so the idea and was i allowed to explain them throughout i just thought i would Throw the, the, okay. Well, ideally, we want to do a like short, quick first thing, and then okay. to the other one. But yeah, cool. like yeah. tell us about last one. Well, just the last one is like that's what I feel like endings are like now. You know, like because I've had so many of them, it's not like oh my mm. god, it's ending. This is the craziest, or it's not like oh, this is so sad, or it's like there's not like this. It's just like mm. Mm, like that's that's it. That's what's happening. You know, it's just like acceptance. It's a lot mm. more like that. And um, but also don't forget, boys, I'm turning 35 this year. So um, this. This is like life um, punching me in the stomach um, many years of it. So it's like, uh, it comes, it's not like, I'm not expecting anybody else to also have that same reaction. It just is like a, is a thing, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Every birthday from now on is just going to be. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. That year. Mm, okay. <laughs> all right, Lucas. All right. All right. You ready? You feel loose, Hanto? Yeah. Dope. Dope. Okay, cool. Cool. First word, theme. Sorry? Theme. Theme. Thought process. Subject. Reaction. Sleep. Apnea. <laughs> Seat. Settle down. Twilight. Awful movie. <laughs> Showtime. Handsy. Ooh. Blanket. Mm. Clear your mind. Nice. Time. Forever. Humor. Important. And the last one, Anto. Presence. There we are. Yeah. I'm always Our, looking for someone who's not saying like it's me or saying their last name or something like that. Yeah, like, Chan. Yeah. Well, yeah, presence. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm here with you, and I have presence. Like you know, it's like mm. I love that concept of like. That's why wordplay is so important, guys. Like it's yes. such a valuable um, part of our lives. Like everything has more than one meaning, and like that's one of the things too. It's like not taking things personally is really valuable because there's so many meanings to the same thing. And we can mm -hmm. even just look at that, like how the English language was created, like puns and wordplay were like showing that there's double, triple meanings to one thing. So it's like, how can we expect our emotions to also just yeah. have one meaning, you know? Yeah. You did not disappoint with, uh, with the words because, uh, kumquat into cum squat. Oh, genius. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. And, like, I was gets... also getting a visual though. I wish you could have seen how dirty what I saw in my head was. Like, it cum, was definitely. Yeah. Cum squat, a cum quat. So it's yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. 
That was what I was about. Yes, you worded it perfectly. And then that the kumquat just comes up. out for some reason. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Agreed. that's right. But uh, that's that's been great. Thank you so much, Anto, for joining us for uh, the Have We Media podcast. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so what are your handles? Where can people find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's Anto Punfu, A-N-T-O-P-U-N-F-U. Um, I have a website, antochan.com. And then I also am on Twitter, um, Anto, uh, wait, Punfu Master, P-U-N-F-U-M-A-S-T-E-R. So those are all the things. And I also, uh, I don't know if anybody likes buttons, but I make buttons as well. I have an Instagram handle for that. It's uh, at Be Awesome Shop. So that's like uh, one of my side hustles. So. Oh, yeah. I think I, you gave everybody buttons uh, during the right, first show. Right, your face. I still have one. I still have yeah. one. Yeah. Wow, nice. I wanted your family to not just see you on stage, but see you on like merch. That's important. <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice. That's when right. you know you've made it. When, oh, uh, <laughs> when you got your own little comedy button that you can yeah. sell. Uh, yeah. But yeah, great. Uh, Lucas, what are your handles? Uh, everyone can find me at Lucas John Ng on Instagram and on Facebook. And Josh. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. At Josh Yang Comedy on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, listen to the Sleep With Josh podcast. Uh, you can find it on Spotify and all the different podcast platforms. But, yes, thank Wait, you. Wait, what's the Sleep With Josh podcast? Don't you, don't you know about this, man? It's, uh, it's my <laughs> podcast where, like, I read things in my monotone voice, like, boring things so like laws and like that sounds amazing i can't wait to check that out bro that's hilarious the the dictionary i've read the dictionary i've read the weather i've counted i've counted sheep for an hour so yeah look look that up sleep with josh on uh spotify and and all those i need to do like a reflective podcast of that where i get super excited about like boring things where i'm like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) Perfect. My thing's my thing is boring as fuck. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah go for it. But uh, yeah, everybody, check that out. Check out uh, Anto and his uh, free flow showcase open mic. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, that's still ongoing. Is that ongoing? It's like uh, we're just doing it like monthly and stuff like that. But yeah. I also have um, something that I, I have in the works that I was talking to you about. Um, it's with uh, the cannabis court and like at Chinatown Center. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna be doing like an afternoon show that's like honoring the the patrons and stuff at like um, the Chinatown Center. And it's gonna the first one's actually gonna be I don't know when you guys release these, but the first one is gonna be um, this uh, Sunday at 4 p.m. Is it gonna be next week? Yeah, it's Sunday. gonna be next yeah. Tuesday. The so last week, uh, last Sunday, um, it, it was um, it was a great such show. A good show. It oh, was amazing great. show. We had a great time. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to that show, uh, the future shows as well. Uh, we're talking about maybe I can uh, join that show as well. But uh, yeah. Great. Thank you. That is the end of the podcast. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. See everybody next week. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.